we're gonna do something really special. How many of you love to go to heaven? Okay, so I'm gonna need you to come up. We're gonna do this family style, like you're all sitting in my den. Okay, we're, this is the coffee table. Everybody gonna grab a chair, come on up here. Come on up here, come on, come on, come on. Chad, gotta come up. Yeah, just as far as you can get up. Just fill these first few rows. And even if you wanted to sit, let me, let me just put it to you this way. It's like you're in your prayer closet or like you're in your own house. Where is it that you're the most comfortable when you go to heaven? You just got to be really comfortable so that you're relaxed and ready to go, right? <clears throat> how many of you have ever uh, sat in a teaching on how to go to heaven? Okay, how many of you do that on a regular basis? Okay, that's awesome. All right. Um, what, I, what I wanted to share with you tonight, let me close my Saks Fifth Avenue. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Somebody may have been shopping online today. Um, hold on, let me pull this up. Um, most of what has been taught about prayer in my experience, has been that I go and I wait on the Lord. Um, but tonight, I hope to show you where the Word talks about how we're actually to go to Him. And so, it's not just about Him coming to us, which is great, because He does that. And especially in the beginning stages of prayer, when we're immature in our walk, we're immature in our love, we're immature. He's so gracious. God so loved the world that He gave. He first came. He first, while we were still sinners, He came to us. And that's when He does when we don't know how to pray, which basically means I don't know how to dialogue with you. I don't know how to have a relationship with you. Everything that He did was redemptive. He wanted to, to redeem us back to Him and the Father. He wanted to re, uh, uh, reconcile that relationship. And so whenever God is doing something, you can be guaranteed 100% that He is in the process of reconciling something that is keeping us from the fullness of love. And so when we, when, when he, we start off on our prayer life, as I did, I was like, prayer to me was just a list of everything that I needed in my own life. So, so my prayer life had to do with my needs and my prayer life had to do with my own selfish life. It had nothing to do relationally with God and it had nothing to do with pleasing God or whatever. It was all about God pleasing me. I mean, that's really, you know, I don't know, maybe y'all didn't start off that way, but it was pretty pathetic. And so uh, that kind of prayer life um, was so dry and it was so hard and it was so boring. And um, I would go in with my list of all of the things that I needed, which, which, you know, we're in Dallas, so it typically was made up of material things. So because I, I, um, I was living my life um, without the understanding of partnering in the sufferings of Christ. So I was living my life. Yeah, you guys can come down if you want and just wait. You can come down a little. 
I was living my life, um, I was living my life for me, but I was living my life in trying to stay in the, the maximum amount of comfort and the least amount of pain. And so everything I did was to avoid pain and to increase my comfort level and to increase uh, my imprint in the earth. And so I was all about me. How can I, how can I uh, maximize my, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for, my um, influence so that I can be popular, so that I can be important, and, and so everything in my prayer life was about me when I started on this journey. And, you know, this is a house of prayer. And so I, the Lord really had to send a lot of angels to me to get my, to correct uh, my mind and my heart and, and begin to show me the truth of what prayer was about. Um, and so when I started out, it was so that, um, and again, I didn't know how to pray. And so the Lord started coming to me in prayer uh, to encounter me in love. And so he began to encounter my heart and I began to be transformed by his presence. I began to be transformed by his words. And most of what he talked about was his thoughts about me. And his thoughts about me were vast and they were plentiful. And it was like it never got old. Hearing him say my name, it never got old hearing him talk to me about different situations in my life. And so for the first several years, it was really, he was so faithful to just pour out his love on me. So my heart began to get healed. And so I wasn't filled with self-hatred, self-destruction and all of those things. And the more that my heart got healed, the less I needed my prayer life to be about me. And, and I began to kind of switch over into the, I want what you want. And I'm willing to let go of my own selfish dreams because I want to dream your dream. I want to have what you want and I want your will for my life and not my will. And so I became invested in the dreams of God and I began to let go of all those selfish desires. And that's really where the sanctification and the, and the transformation happens. But again, he was always coming to me. I was never going to him. I didn't even know what that meant. But Revelation 4.1 tells us there is a door. There's a door. There's a door. There is a door that leads into another realm. You see, we live in a realm We live in a realm that is a physical realm. It's a tangible realm. It is a physical place. But there is another place that is a spiritual realm that we now have access to. And the spiritual realm is as real as the physical realm. And the more that you spend time in the spiritual realm, the two become one and you begin to flow in and out without even realizing it. You just, the physical and the, 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 the spiritual begin to interchange in a way where you are living a vibrant kingdom life. That it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ now who lives in me. That everywhere I go, I've actually just brought the kingdom. I, I, wherever I go, I've just brought the portal. Wherever I go, I've just brought the light. 
And everything in that room just enhanced itself. I had the most bizarre thing happen to me the other day. I had three people that were saying to me, what is it about you? There's something that's so different about you. And they just started spilling their innermost secrets to me. And they didn't even know who I, I was. They didn't know me. They were strangers. But do you know in the kingdom, there's no such thing as strangers. That when, 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 when an angel of the Lord walks in or a son of God walks in, guess what happens? I mean, the flesh begins to open up and the heart begins to open up to us because we've been going to heaven. And I tell you what, it makes preaching the gospel a lot easier because they're already crying and they don't know why. <laughs> I know why. So Revelation 4.1 says this, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you the things that must take place after this. That, that verse is not just for John the Beloved. That verse is for every man and woman, child that lives on the face of the earth. And he's saying, listen, I tore the veil. Jesus is like, hey, it, there is no separation now between you and the Father. I tore the veil. The door is open. Come into this realm so that I can show you the things that must come after this. Meaning, I'm going to show you your future. I'm going to show you everybody else's future. I'm going to show you about what's happening in the nations. I'm going to show you. And when, and when he says, I'm going to show you, he's talking about your eyes and your ears. And that the, the veil has been torn on your eyes and your ears so you can now see and hear in the spirit. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do tonight is I'm not just going to tell you about all of this. I'm going to, show, I'm going to, I'm going to teach I'm going to demonstrate, and then you're going to do it, okay? And so that's why I had you all come forward, because I'm not just going to say, this is the way of it. I'm going to tell you in the scriptures where the Lord definitively set these things in motion, and then I'm going to have a team of, of prayer people come up here, and we're going to show you how to enter in and a way to do it, and then we're all going to do it together. And I've kept the team up here because I've asked them to play throughout so that, because um, worship helps, you know, you enter into his gates by thanksgiving and praise, and so it helps to kind of get us into the groove of God so we can go into heavenly places with him. Sound good? Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to go into that realm. Ephesians 2, 6-7 says this, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He raised us up. Verse 18 says this, for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So we can just go. And I don't know about y'all, but I love this. I love this. This is so transformative. Guys, this is that highest level of governmental prayer. This is the highest 
level of where you enter in and you sit in your heavenly place and you begin to converse and say, Father, show me, talk to me, tell me the mysteries and the secrets are on your heart for me, for my life, for my friends, whatever it is. I don't know about y'all, but have you ever said to a friend, I'm going to pray for you? And you, and you send up a prayer and you say, God, you know, help them out. Whatever. <laughs> right? You know, what are their, you know, and they tell you, here are my prayer needs. Okay, I'm going to pray according to what you told me. That's good prayer. That's a good prayer. But a better prayer would be for you to immediately go into the spirit and say, Father, show me this person. Show me how you want me to pray. What is it that you have in their heart for them? And it doesn't take but two seconds. You listen, and then you pray what you hear. You say what you hear. You repeat it back to him. You say, okay, that's what the Father is saying. I want you to release this into the earth on their behalf, and I guarantee you whatever they're dealing with is going to be broken because they just had a son. The sons of God are led by the Spirit. Spirit. Okay, so they just had a son that is led by the Spirit, the words of God, the active, the now, the living word of God, break through and go to heaven and get what was in heaven and bring it to the earth, on earth as it is in heaven. It wasn't just a stale prayer, but it was a template and a blueprint for how we're supposed to live. And our activity as sons of God, daughters of God, is not different than that of the angels. What do they do? They are messengers. They ascend and descend. They ascend and descend. They go up the ladder, they come down the ladder. What do we do? Same kind of thing. We go into the realm. We go before the Father. We enter in with thanksgiving and praise. We come before Him and we say, talk to me. We minister to the Lord in that place. There are all kinds of activities that are going to happen in that place for you. It's very exciting. All right. So laying a foundation. How do I access heaven or how do I go to the secret place? Those, that's what we want to ask. That's what we want to ask the Lord. And that's how I started this whole process. I said, God, teach me to pray. I don't know how to pray. And honestly, I don't think the body of Christ as a whole knows how to pray. And you start talking to them about going into heaven, which, by the way, is in the word. Paul said, I don't know whether I'm in the body or out of the body. We should always be saying this. I'm not sure what realm I was in, but I know that things were happening. Kingdom of heaven was coming to the earth through your expression in the earth. And, and, and the church hasn't quite gotten a hold of this yet, and they really think it's weird. Here's why. The thing about the Holy Spirit, you cannot put it in a box. You don't know where it's coming from, and you don't know where it's going, but you know you're having a good time while he's here, right? But they're just like, well, but we can't control this. And if we can't control it, and we, then, then, then it makes us very uncomfortable. And so we have to be willing to say, I am going to go where you want to take me, Holy Spirit, in prayer. I don't want any fear to hold me back. I don't want any religion to hold me back. I don't even want anything that I don't understand to hold me back. So, 
There are 10 steps to accessing heaven. Let me point that out. That's not 10. 10 steps to accessing heaven. If you have something to write with, you may want to get out your, oh, can you hand me some water? You may want to get out your um, pad or your iPhone or whatever. Thank you. So I'm going to zip through these so we don't, we're not here until midnight. Of course, I got to tell you, when something like this happens and we all go into the glory, we may be here until midnight, and that's okay. All right, number one. And this is really, to me, the most important. Um, you must spend time in quiet expectation. You're actually going to have to pray <laughs> in order to pray. You know, here's the thing. It's like cooking. Have you ever tried to learn to cook without actually going in the kitchen? Have you ever tried to learn to cook by going, I'm going to read this recipe book. I'm going to go on uh, all, allrecipe.com. Man, look at these recipes. Don't they look great? Boy, I sure am getting hungry. <laughs> Whew. But I'll tell you what, I know what, I know how to mix up. I know how to knead. I know how to do all of the stuff because I've read about it. But here's the thing. If you don't go into the kitchen and begin to practice, you are going to go hungry. Bow, bow, bow. That's from a movie. Anyway. So, so the number one thing that you must do is set aside the time and spend the time in quiet expectation. And you got to ask the Lord, how do you want me to do this? Because he knows your schedule. How do you want me to do this? You tell me how much time... You want me to spend with the Holy Spirit. Now, for me, I had to go and start off with three-hour intervals. And you may be thinking to yourself, That's what I thought. Because I was like, I can't pray five minutes, and you want me to pray three hours? Oh, oh I'm in trouble. So, but I had a really loud soul life. I mean, I was an energizer bunny. I was a Martha. I was a get it done. And I would go to sit down and go into prayer. And seriously, if I was quiet for any period of time, I'd fall asleep. Because I just wasn't used to being still. Be still and know that I am God. I just couldn't do it. And so it took, a, it, I had to practice to do it. So the Lord knows your soul. He knows the condition of your soul, whether it's loud, whether it's um, um, restless. And so he knows how that is for you. And he'll tell you, how, how do you want me to pray? How many hours a week do you want me to pray? How do you want me to pray? Is it two hours at a time? Is it one hour at a time? Is it six hours a week? Is it 25 hours a week? I went through seasons where the Lord said, I want you to pray 25 hours a week. And I said, Lord, that's a part-time job. I don't know how I'm going to get anything else done. But I will guarantee you, if you will listen to him and do what he tells you to do, no matter what it is, he will take care of the rest of your stuff. You know? And he did every single time. No matter what season I was in, of, of him telling me how to pray in that season, he always took care of the rest of my stuff. And when I did the opposite, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that, and I didn't do it, I mean, my life just started falling apart, and all of a sudden, I, I couldn't get anything done, and nothing was working, and, no, and my communication with people began to break down, and I was like, 
Why is life so hard right now? Oh, wait, I know why. I'm not doing what he told me to do in this season. Therefore, I better do it so that I can get back into that grace. Okay? So Matthew 6, 6 says this. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to the Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. All right, what does that say? I always used to think that said, go into your secret place. That's our secret place, wherever it's a closet or wherever it is, whether it's in your house, a quiet room, whatever it is, that it was my secret place. But it doesn't say that. It says go into his secret place. His secret place. There's a secret place. I didn't know that. Wait a minute. Is this where he lives? He lives in the secret place. Because Psalm 1811 says this, he made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the sky. Psalm 91, one says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high. There it is again. Psalm 27, five, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Matthew six seventeen, New Testament, it says, But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So again, he's saying there's a place where I live and it's in the secret place. And we can go there. I want to go into the secret place. Don't you want to go into the secret place? It's like a garden. It's beautiful. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you into his secret place. Write that down. This is step one. Number one, Holy Spirit, guide me into his secret place. All right, number two, I want you to trust him and don't give up quickly. All right? You have to wait. You have to have endurance, people. Endurance, spell it. E-N-D-U-R-A-N-C-E, endurance. We're not good at that because we're a fast food generation. We want it now. We want it yesterday. And we don't want it to cost us anything. Okay? This is going to cost you something. Anything worth anything costs you something. Get over it, you know? It, it's true. And, 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 and when it costs you something, you value it. You hold it like a treasure and you're like, it took me time to develop this relationship with my husband. He and I have been married. John and I have been married for almost 18 years this weekend. Praise the Lord. Woo! And it took us time to develop the level of love that we now walk in. You know, we had to, there were times and seasons where we had to wrestle through some stuff to discover one another, and we had to discover some lies that we were believing about who one another was, and once we busted through that, our love went deeper. Well, beloved, you have to have endurance because you've got to break through some lies that you are believing about God. And so we have to have the endurance When sometimes he doesn't show up, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's glorious, it's like that golf game. You know, I mean, you will swing at that ball. I don't know about you, but I'll swing and it'll go right and left and it's in the water. It's in the sand pit. And I'm thinking, 
I hate this game. And then I'll get that sweet spot. And I'll get that one that flies into the center of the lane. And I'm thinking, oh, this is so glorious. And it's that time when you get there with the Holy Spirit and prayer and you're just having this magnificent encounter. And you're like, all right, I'm coming back for that. (laughs) You know? And then that will begin to increase the more you do it. The more you practice, the better you get. All right, number three, ask the Spirit to guide you into all truth. John 16, 13 said, however, when he, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak Say, he will not speak. Do you know what that means? It means he's speaking. Okay? He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Things to come. How many of you want to know things to come? Okay? You know, right now, um, tonight, they're starting the um, Gloria Zion, uh, Rosh Hashanah, first of the year. We're going to tell you all about what's going to happen this year which is awesome. It's prophetic. Love prophecy. But they're going to tell you what all of these symbols mean. Okay? 5777. We're going to tell you what all of these Hebraic symbols mean, and it's going to be awesome. They're amazing teachers at Gloria Zion. However, I will tell you that if you've already been in prayer, you should know all of this without even having to study because there's a ticker tape going on in heaven all the time. There is a, there is like, Bam, there it goes, there it goes, there it goes, there it goes. If you are going up there where all of that is, I love what the people at IHOP said, if you stick your head up in the clouds, you're going to get the same thing they're getting. You don't need to go look all that up. We were, um, we just did, I just did a whole series on the word in in the month of, it was August, September. It was like five weeks series on the word. And, and, and so 5777, I didn't know this, but it's all about the sword, which is the word of God. I don't know. You know, I did, uh, you know, so, but, but that was something that the Lord said, I want you to do this. Okay. I didn't know that that was a season we're coming into. But again, those who hear will know of the things that are coming. You'll already have a clue. And so you'll be sitting out there, this guy's preaching. And you're like, that's good. Cause I already heard that from the Lord. Thank you very much. Because the truth is, is that the days are coming when the superstar prophets will be no more because every man will be prophesying. Every man and woman will be releasing the word of the Lord. And it'll be so filled with heaven that it'll cut between soul and spirit and people's ears will be set on fire. Isn't that amazing? And I may be out of a job, but that's okay. That means I get more time to pray. All right, so number four, ask the Spirit what the message is coming from heaven today. It's daily bread. What happens when you don't get your daily bread is that See, it's the daily word. It's the daily word. And when the daily word doesn't come, what happens? The word of the enemy will come and start talking to you and start telling you something that's the opposite of what the truth is. Because if you have the truth, then the lie can't come. 
That's why the daily word. But it's not just the daily word, but it's the daily mystery. God made you to be uh, a discoverer. He made you to be curious. He made you to want to seek out the deep mysteries and treasures that he has for us. It's the way we were created. And when we don't do that, we actually will begin to seek out things in the world and try to discover the things in the world to satisfy the need of discovery of God. That's good, Tracy. You are preaching a great message. Mystery in the New Testament refers to this, a truth that is formally hidden. You see, if we're not hearing, it is not because the Holy Spirit has failed. It's because the cares of the world and the worries have closed our connection and veiled the truth. We are too focused on ourselves and not enough on God. So what happens is that when we don't go to God and we gaze at Him, we'll actually begin to gaze at ourselves. Because we've got to look at something. We were created to gaze on something. And we will gaze and start navel-gazing. We'll start going in. We'll start um, self-hatred. All of those things will start to take hold. All right, we need a fresh revelation daily. We are meant for daily encounters. Number five, learn to see with your spirit, eyes, and I'm going to combine, I'm actually going to shorten this up real quick. I'm going to um, combine this, uh, learn to, to see with your spiritual eyes and hear with your spirit ears. Um, I'm going to read, uh, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 2, verses 6 and 10. Are y'all doing okay? First yeah. Corinthians... However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature yet, not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, which means the rulers of this earth. But we speak of the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. So, so it is the wisdom that God ordained for you, for your glory. It didn't say for his glory. It says for your glory, for our glory, that you would be glorified when you grab hold of the wisdom that's from heaven and release it into the earth because men will be astounded at the wisdom that you're sharing, the mysteries, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Had they known this truth, you see, God said that he closed up their ears and their eyes. But it's written, every eye, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for his spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Amen. Second Kings, do you remember the story in um, Second Kings 6 where you have Elisha, right? And he's sitting there and they are, they're in the castle and they are surrounded by all of these um, people that are going to destroy them, right? They've got the chariots, they've got the horses, they've got the, the um, swords, 
And they're thinking that the servant, Elisha's servant is going, he's shaking in his boots thinking this is it. We're going to die. And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes, his spirit eyes, so that he can see what the truth is. Because he was looking in the natural and he saw that he was surrounded and he was going to be taken asunder. And he said, no, 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 no. There are more with us than are against us. And he opened his eyes and he saw the great, vast company of angels that were there and were going to do battle for him. You see, you have your natural eyes right here. Ojos. Ojos? Right. Ojos. And your ears. What's Orejas. It sounds like I should do a dance. Orejas. So you have both. And you know, God is such, he's so in his wisdom, he, he gave us two eyes and two ears because he knew, I want you to really see and I want you to really hear and I don't want you to speak because we only have one of these. Can you imagine if you had two mouths? Boy, my husband would just, he would retire. He'd be saying, oh my gosh, that woman never quits talking. It's like she talks when she's awake, she talks when she sleeps. That means I'd have to get two sets of braces for our son. All right. So it's true what the Bible says. The Bible says this. The eye, let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. The eyes of your understanding. Okay, all of you point to the eyes of your understanding. It's in your spirit. The eyes of your heart. The eyes of your spirit, man. They actually can see. But a lot of us don't know how to open those eyes. We got to shut these eyes to see these eyes. These eyes will open once these eyes are shut. And as you get more adept at this, as you really grow in going to heaven, seeing in the spirit, you won't have to shut your eyes. You'll be able to see everywhere you go. You'll be able to look in a room and say, Father, open my eyes so I can see this room. Show me what's going on in the spirit. Like, like when we worship, what you should be doing in here is you should be um, um, engaging your spirit eyes and your spirit ears. Because this is just a waste of time if you just come in here to hear a bunch of good music. I mean, the music is amazing, but I want you to ascend. That's the whole point. And, the, and when you ascend, guess what happens? And you ascend, and you ascend, and you ascend, and you ascend. A fire begins because you're opening up a portal within yourself so that the Holy Spirit can flow. That's why when you get into corporate worship, it feels so good and the power of God is so present because you've got all of these fires that are, that are all these lights that are getting brighter, 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 brighter. It's like the ignition, you know, it's like the, the it's, it's beginning to spin within you, that centrifuge within your spirit man. And then you'll be recharged in your spirit man and your physical body and your mind will follow. Okay, same with your ears, spiritual ears. What you hear, you're, you're to prophesy. All right, number six, ask the Holy Spirit to tell you the meaning of your visions and dreams. So when you're in here and you're praying, you should be seeing something. 
uh, this is what um, uh, Peter was talking about in Acts 2 when he was like, oh, look, the Holy Spirit has come. You know what that means? And then he begins to tell us. It means that it, this is all about dreams and visions. That your old men will, see, will have dreams and your young men will have visions or the other way around. Either way, it doesn't matter because it's for all of us. Yes. And your girls and your boys will prophesy. By the way, that means that girls can talk in church. So I won't go there because I'm actually preaching on that in November. Girl time. <laughs> All right. So God, tell us the meaning of this. We are, to, um, we are to go to God and say, all right, here's what you gave me. When I'm prophesying over people, a lot of times I'll, I'll actually see words or I'll see a picture. And I don't just go, oh, okay, I'm praying for you. I see an ostrich. And the ostrich just ran across this field and was picking these daisies. And then blah, 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 blah. I, don't, I don't go into all of that. But what I do say is I pray and I go, God, what are you showing me with the ostrich over this woman? I mean, that's kind of weird, you know. So I want to try to keep it, be as clear as I can because I'm representing the Lord and I want to prophesy and I want it to be clear. I don't want it to be weird. I mean, it's already weird. Let's, you know, I mean, people are on the floor shaking, you know, they're getting delivered. They're, you know, I shake a lot, uh, you know, I mean, John will say, oh, look, she's doing the chicken. <laughs> I mean, we just have a thing in my house, you know, as my daughter said, we went from zero to shofar overnight. <laughs> Um, okay, number seven, um, you want to know, you want to get to know the voice of your shepherd. When you go to prayer, it trains your ear to hear his voice because he said, my sheep hear my voice. They hear the voice of their shepherd. And, and you want, here's what you want to do. You want to test that voice. And, and so you want to do it three ways. You want to confirm it by two to three witnesses or, and, and what that looks like is if I hear something from the Lord, I'm, I'm like, okay, Lord, that's really good, especially if it's directional, especially if it's directional. All right, Lord, confirm this. Confirm it through your word and confirm it through a, another few signs. I want you to give me, and, and, and you can do that. He likes that. He likes it when you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to believe you, but I'm really going to need you to take this to the next level for me. Because he's just backing up his word. So the second thing is you have to ask yourself, does it line itself up with the word of God? God will never do anything that, it, that does not line up with his word. Meaning that it's got to be congruent with the nature of God. It's got to always produce fruit and it's got to always produce love. I had a woman tell me one time that the Holy Spirit told her that she was supposed to take vengeance on her husband for X, Y, and Z. And I said, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that doesn't line up with the nature of God. I have an idea. Why don't you pray again and just see if you can get the true word of God, because that would be, I want you to serve, love, and prophesy life over your husband. Go, kick him a, go cook him a good meal. That's what he needs. Vengeance. <laughs> All right. Does it line up with the known will of God? Does it line up with the known will of God? And um, finally, um, number eight. No, not finally. I've got two more. You must develop a habit of journaling. This is really, really, really important. I have journals that are as tall as I am. I date them. 
I title them and I keep, I, I keep the word of God. I keep the word of God here and I keep the, 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 the now word of God. I keep it like I do this. I value it and I go back and I say, I had a dream about that three and a half years ago. John's just astounded. He's like, woman, I don't know anybody that remembers things the way you do. But when it's God and I, and I keep it and I value it, he sees that you do, therefore he'll give you more. And everything, this place would not be here if it not, had not been for us journaling and keeping the, the, the living word of God and following that rabbit trail, following all of those little morsels that he lays out for you because it says that I am a light to your path. And so he'll speak a word through a dream or, or, or a vision and you're like, okay, I'm going to jump over here. Then I'm going to go over here. And, and nobody will understand the ways of God. And I'm telling you, I came, everybody I know and their dog came against me. So what? God said yes and I said Awesome, let's go do this, right? All right, the last one, finally. You must be free from unforgiveness and strife. You must be free from unforgiveness and strife. Meaning if you're in strife with your brother or sister or you have unforgiveness in your heart, the heavens will lock down over your life and you will get dry and brittle in your bones until you say, I forgive them. And forgiveness is not an emotion, people. It is a choice. Okay? You choose to love those who despitefully use you. You notice that he didn't just say use you. They despitefully use you. Dang it, that's a word. It's so hard to be despitefully used. But we forgive them. Right? Why? Because, you know, when you let them go and you release them, you know, it really does release the hand of God to deal with that. Because he's trying to, to build them. Because Jesus said, you notice before he went to be, actually be with the Father, the last thing he did is he said, Father, forgive them. He said, I'm not going to hold this against them. I'm not going to, because I want to be as close to my dad as I can. And I know if I don't forgive them before I go, that it's going to be something that's going to be bitterness. And I don't want a root of bitterness to eat me up. But I want you to be able to deal with them now and bring the most to the greatest depths of love as they can go. Because that's really what we want for the people that have despitefully used us, even though we don't think we do. Here, hold this. I'm going to, um, all right, so I'm going to bring some of the prayer warriors up here. <laughs> Crystal, yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah, bring the